0: Hey there, I'm political reporter Alex Keefe, and this is WBEZ's Curious City. It's where you ask questions, then we work together to find the answers. Today, we're teaming up with WBEZ's occasional series, Front and Center, to tackle two questions you sent about the upcoming Illinois primaries for governor. Coming up, we get into the sticky politics and the stickier research about concealed carry laws.
1: Good guy gun ownership has crime-reducing effects, and bad guy gun ownership has crime-elevating effects.
0: But first, a question about Illinois' recent legalization of same-sex marriage. It's a law that's particularly important to our first question asker, Chicago and Christy pettit Sheber, and apparently to her girlfriend.
2: She goes on Etsy all the time, and she will pull up, like, hundreds and hundreds of engagement rings and then forced me to look at the website and go, do you like this one? Do you like this one? What do you think about this one?
0: Okay, we know gay marriage can be a divisive issue, but Christy's question is pretty nuts and bolts about whether Illinois' new law is really here to stay. To find out, we spent hours in a studio together. We made phone calls. We asked a lot of questions. I'm going to play you some tape of what we found. Christy and I started the same way anyone who's looking for an Illinois civics lesson should start by calling this guy. My name is Charlie
3: Wheeler. And I am the director of the Public Affairs Reporting Program at the University of Illinois, Springfield. And you've been covering state politics and legal matters forever. Well, I covered the Constitutional Convention for the Sun-Times in 1970, so that makes me older than dirt.
2: Hi, Charlie. My name is Christy pettit and I'm here in the studio with Al.
3: Well, hello, Christy.
2: So, Charlie, my question is, could the next governor reverse the same-sex marriage legislation that just passed?
3: No. The Illinois governor has no ability to unilaterally rewrite the statutes. It requires an act of the General Assembly. Now, if a majority of the Senate and the House decided they wanted to repeal the same-sex marriage legislation,
0: they would be free to do that and send a bill to the governor, and if he agreed, he could sign it. There's another thing I want to talk about here, and that is... A little piece in the Constitution of the state of Illinois that talks about executive orders, which is basically the closest thing to a magic wand that an Illinois governor is going to have. Does that piece of the Constitution allow the governor to do anything? I can't figure out how because that particular section of the Constitution
3: allows the governor to reorganize the agencies of state government.
0: So that seems like a pretty narrow power. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Okay, so if the Illinois governor can't undo gay marriage unilaterally, would the next governor work to get it undone by the legislature? I found answers from the six different campaigns, and I played the tape for Christie. Both Democrats, Governor Pat Quinn, and his primary opponent, Theo Hardiman, an anti-violence activist, they said no, they would leave gay marriage intact. The four Republicans in the primary were asked a similar question recently by the Chicago Tribune's editorial board. Would they sign a repeal of same-sex marriage? Here's Bruce Rauner. He's a wealthy businessman.
3: I would not sign it if there hasn't been a referendum on it. I want to see what the voters want on that issue. I won't take any action on that issue
0: unless I see what the voters want. Meanwhile, State Senator Bill Brady said he would repeal the law if the legislature approved. State Senator Kirk Dillard agreed, but said
1: that's a pretty big if. If it got to my desk, but that's not going to happen. Let's focus on things like the economy and how we're going to fix the state's finances. Finally,
0: State Treasurer Dan Rutherford's campaign says reversing gay marriage is not a priority. Besides,
1: it's not going to get to the desk. It's not going to pass. It's not going to get there. And it is the law.
3: It's
0: the law. I, let me. I,
3: okay, I, it's the law. I,
0: I, I did not support the bill from the religious standpoint of it. By this point, Christie's question about civic mechanics was beginning to turn into a question about political will. So we went back into the studio for another interview. I want to call a guy named Greg Durham, who's a pollster in Illinois, who's worked with a lot of Republican candidates, because I think he might be able to help us find an answer. Cool. This is Greg. Greg, hey, this is Alex Keefe, and I'm here with our question asker.
2: Greg, my name is Christy Pettit-Schieber, and I'm a WBEZ listener that has some questions.
0: Okay, Christy, Greg, Greg, Christy. So (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and let, let Christy ask the question to you.
2: Okay, so Greg, we've really answered the question, I think, for the most part, of whether or not the next governor could reverse the same-sex marriage legislation that just passed. And my next question is, would any of the candidates reverse it? Nobody really would want to
1: use the political capital that they would need to spend to bring this back up. That would not be an easy process. It would not be a process that is, uh, you know, that a governor can wave a magic wand and make happen.
0: And you're a guy who is like a professional temperature taker, Is this will out there, either among politicians or among the electorate, to try to reverse this thing that the legislature just passed?
1: Not really. The passage of that bill took a long time and a lot of effort by a lot of people. Now they don't want to go back and have a second vote on it, anybody, on, probably on either side of, of the issue.
2: My initial instinct was that it wouldn't make anybody's top five list of political priorities.
1: Oh, not, not of the candidates, certainly not of the candidates. Based
0: on the numbers that you've seen in the past, both about gay marriage in Illinois and also about the priorities of voters, would you advise any gubernatorial candidate to work toward repealing gay marriage or changing the law in any way?
1: If I was asked the question, I would tell them to run away as fast as they could from the question. <laughs> what makes you say that? I think, number one, if they were successful, that we would have another winter like this because hell will have frozen over.
0: Christy says this answer is good news for her and for her girlfriend. We know not everybody feels that way about same-sex marriage. But the experts I talk to, like Greg Durham, say the law as it stands isn't going anywhere. Our next Curious City question won a voting round on WBEC.org, which means the public wanted to make sure that we answered it. The question has to do with the fact that last year, Illinois adopted a law that lets people carry concealed guns. Now, I'm going to help answer this one, but I also want to bring in my colleague to help me, WBEC state political reporter Tony Arnold. Hey, Tony.
4: Hey, Al. You know, this question is about concealed carry, but before we get to an answer, here's some stuff people need to know. First, Illinois was the last state in the country to adopt a concealed carry law, and even then, the legislature did not pass it on their own, they had to because a federal judge told them to. Anyway, we called up Cheryl brumbaugh Kayford from Elgin to get her question and tell her what we found.
2: Hello, Cheryl here. I'd like to hear the candidates for governor talk about how they would reduce gun violence, the potential for gun violence in Illinois, given the new concealed carry law.
4: Well, Cheryl, we looked really hard at your question because right away we noticed that people would likely take us to task, mostly because it feels like there's an assumption with the way that you're phrasing the question that is in an environment where concealed carry laws exist, we're likely to have more violence. Right, yeah. (laughs) Do you think more guns means more gun violence?
2: I think probably because more accessibility to guns means there's more likelihood. And so
4: that's why you phrased your question. Okay,
0: so I'm going to pop out of the conversation Tony and I had with Cheryl to address a more fundamental question about her question. That is, do concealed carry laws even affect violence? Turns out this is a pretty hard one to answer. Politicians cite a range of research to back up their positions. So we played Cheryl some tape from the folks who actually study the effects of concealed carry laws on violent crime as well as other types of crime. Here's just a bit
1: of what she heard. The fact that a would-be victim might be able to defend themselves also deters crime. If I had to bet my house, I'd say more likely that they have adverse impacts than that they have a beneficial impact. Other things being equal, nothing happens. Good guy gun ownership has crime-reducing effects and bad guy gun ownership has crime-elevating effects.
0: So to recap, the first guy, John Lott, says more guns, less crime. That also happens to be the title of a book he wrote. And the second researcher, John Donahue, says more guns, more crime. Then the third guy, Gary Kleck, says there's a neutralizing effect. Basically, concealed carry laws have no effect on crime rates. The point here is that there are contradictory opinions, and none of these experts agree on what data they should be looking at or how they should be looking at it.
4: So, Cheryl? Yes. Okay, let's get into where the candidates stand on concealed carry and gun violence. We asked your question to all the campaigns, and three of them we were able to ask directly at a press conference. First, here's Democratic challenger T.O. Hardiman, and he's the only candidate who acknowledges the conflicting research that Alex and I found.
1: I cannot penalize, not with a good conscience, penalize uh, legal gun owners for the violence problem in Illinois. There's no data to back it up, so if people would like to exercise their rights in the Second Amendment, they should be able to do so.
4: And here's Republican State Senator Bill Brady, who takes an obvious side in the debate.
1: We also have to understand that this is about public safety and driving down crime. We know in every state where concealed carry took place, crime went down. And we need to give our citizens the opportunity uh, to protect themselves and watch crime go down.
4: Here's Republican State Senator Kirk Dillard.
1: I take uh, a wait-and-see approach. I think we ought to wait and see how this law uh, unfurls for a while before we uh, make any changes, pro or con, to it.
4: Now Bruce Rauner we didn't get to ask directly but he talked about it in a very similar context as your question Gerald during a debate.
3: We should end the uh, approach that many politicians take in Illinois and that is to blame our crime problems on gun ownership. Our crime problems are one of uh, crimes about uh, inadequate police staffing, high unemployment and horrible schools, not about gun ownership.
4: And Republican State Treasurer Dan Rutherford has said he wants the system managed efficiently and that he'd push the Illinois State Police to issue licenses to those who want them faster than they are right now. Uh, And finally, Democratic incumbent Governor Pat Quinn didn't seem to like any part of the process in negotiating the concealed carry bill last year, and he vetoed parts of the bill last year in the name of safety. But those changes were overridden by the General Assembly.
3: This is about public safety. I think that Public safety should never be compromised, never be negotiated away. The governor, that's me. My job is to protect public safety. And I think that's what I'm doing here with these common sense mm-hmm. changes.
4: Well, Cheryl, what have you learned here, whether it's from the research end of things or from the what the candidates have said about this issue?
2: I was heartened by your finding that the researchers actually <laughs> don't know <laughs> because what that says to me is that there's a lot of work to be done yet that could help us figure this out. I, I just keep coming back to this the basic question, more guns on the street, more loaded guns in people's handbags and their pockets and their cars. What does that really mean? And does it mean that more people will be injured and killed? That's That's sort of the bottom line.
0: Well, Cheryl, you've given us some really great questions. We have a whole other election cycle to try to get some answers to them. Thank you so much for participating.
2: Thank you very much.
4: The stories in this episode were reported by me, Tony Arnold, and this guy, Alex Keefe. Curious City is
0: produced by WBEZ and AIR with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. And this episode is part of the Front and Center series, which is funded by the Joyce Foundation, improving the quality of life in the Great Lakes region and across the country. Curious City is also made possible by people who remind us why we should always be asking questions.
2: Some crazy stuff happens in this country, and you just never know. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.
3: At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's through line wherever you get your podcasts.